0: Today's episode is sponsored by you and others like you who have pledged a flexible monthly donation through the Urban Achiever Patreon page. Please consider becoming a contributor by visiting patreon.com slash urbanachiever. And thank you for your support. Yeah, what's up, achievers? <laughs> it's me, it's me, your long-lost host and friend, Billy Power. Uh, what's up? It's uh, Tuesday, August fifteenth. I've been trying to do this episode now uh, since last week. <laughs> oh man, what a world! I was a little distracted. In case you uh, haven't been paying attention, there's a bunch of horrible shit happening. (laughs) Oh, uh, (laughs) yeah. So, um, welcome to the show. (laughs) If you're, uh, if you're new to the program, which there most certainly will be some of you, I suggest just going back and listening to some of the interview episodes, uh, first. So you don't, uh. Listen to this and think: what, what is this guy doing? What is happening right now? Uh, but welcome, if you're new, if you're old, whoever you are, you all have a place at this table—the table of urban achiever. And uh, it's episode 102. Wow! Um, I'm hoping to get back on track here. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I finished my last summer class. I'm um, in college, sociology. Uh, which was interesting and timely, timely, perhaps uh, taking a look at all the different uh, forces that are at work in our society and our cultures, uh, what makes people do the things they do. Sociology was a very uh, uh, a good fit for me because uh, the sort of basic premise of sociological study is to uh, take whatever conventional wisdom is uh, and then sort of turn it on its head. And don't take uh, the sort of for granted assumptions about society and the way things work. And, uh, for example, beauty is skin deep or, or, you know, different altruisms and things like that. Uh, you just take a look at those things and then just don't accept things at face value, which sort of, for whatever reason, just seems to come naturally to me. <laughs> I uh, I uh, definitely been one throughout my life that uh, likes to or, I, or just has an innate uh, ability to uh, just go against whatever is popular. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I don't know if that's very mature or if it's right, uh, but I've uh, come to accept that it's me and it's how I am. Um, but anyway, I, I finished my last class sociology. Uh, I got an A in uh, American music. Uh, which was an elective that I took, and B in English Comp 2 and B in Sociology. I knocked out nine more credits this summer, bringing my new tally to 15 credits completed. (laughs) I like to tell my wife, who has a master's degree plus 45, uh, that I'm hot on her heels with my high school plus 15. (laughs) So I got 54 credits to go to get my associate's And that sounds like a lot. (laughs) 54 credits. Uh, I am looking forward to, in a couple weeks here at the end of August, uh, taking mic techniques and music recording too, uh, where I'll be able to do a student project and book some studio time, hoping to uh, record those drums with uh, Chris Weibel for the Spoken in Tongues record. And uh, I just enjoy these recording classes. I learn a lot in there. Um. Maybe I will even learn uh, how to make this show sound good. (laughs) I kid. I kid. It sounds good. It sounds good. Uh, I also recently. uh, I. uh, If you've followed the show at all, you know I've sort of been on this uh, quest to get healthy, uh, primarily to get off pharmaceutical drugs. Uh, I've been on a number of drugs over the years to control blood pressure and cholesterol. And, uh, since a couple years ago, going on a strict vegetarian, uh, diet, I was able to completely get off one heart medication and to cut my cholesterol medication in half. Now I'm down to taking that half part, only part of the month, three out of the four weeks out of the month. I'm hoping to kick that one next. And, uh, I'd been pre-diabetic multiple times and, uh, just needed to take some action And uh, I realized that I've kind of just basically, uh, while my blood results have been very good, I've really just sort of plateaued on my weight. I just kind of go up and down and up and down and up and down. And uh, so I made the decision about a month ago to give up dairy. And uh, I've been leaning this way for a while uh, because I know that dairy is associated with uh, poor food choices, including pizza, which if it was up to me, I'd just eat cheeseburgers and pizza and drink beer basically every day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I give anything to have the ability to eat and drink with impunity. Nothing would be more freeing than to not care about what I have to, uh, eat and drink. Uh, but after watching, uh, recently the documentary, what the health and a YouTube that, uh, video that I highly encourage you to watch called dairy is scary. Uh, that's dairy is scary on YouTube. Uh, by a Canadian, I think she's Canadian, female uh, blogger, video poster lady. Uh, I'm finally taking the plunge. And let me tell you, it is a giant pain in the ass, uh, especially when it comes to pizza. (laughs) Uh, But lucky for me, uh, I live in the greater New York City area where plant-based food choices are uh, plentiful. uh, And I really... Let's just go ahead and say, I really don't enjoy being defined as a person by my food choices. Uh, So I won't be using any V words uh, to describe myself, uh, especially not vegan. Uh, Somebody already called me a vegan and it just makes me feel sick to my stomach. That's that thing again, where I I just don't want to be part of the group, whatever the group is. Uh, I just, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, I'm doing it to be healthy. Uh, it's cheaper than pills. <laughs> and uh, I want to live a, a nice, long, uh, healthy life and be around uh, for my loved ones. Um, so yeah, good food is cheaper than health care. That's for sure. And I got to say, uh, I feel pretty great. Uh, I've been healthy. I haven't been getting sick. And uh, I can, I'm already losing weight again. And uh, the fat's just coming off. So uh everybody's different, you know, and every diet's different. Uh what works for different people, uh, you know, is good, but uh there's a lot of compelling reasons not to eat meat. Uh environmental and otherwise and certainly health-wise there's a uh a lot of evidence. Uh overwhelming amount of evidence that uh uh eating meat isn't good for you and and I I know, I know there's plenty of you out there that uh, worship at the altar of the bacon. <laughs> uh but Going forward, it's not for me, so. Uh, this weekend, I'm uh, I'm going to the woods in Georgia. Uh, Dan Richter, who's a former guest on the show, Chris Weibel, and I are pulling down in a car, meeting up with over 20 men from around the country for a bro down of uh, epic proportions. Uh, there will be kayaking and hiking and campfires and hangs and talks and, uh, possibly, possibly consumption of some adult beverages. And, uh, <laughs> all I know is I've been needing a break and it's time. And I'm looking forward to that, uh, to getting out and into nature and, uh, and just, uh, hanging with some good dudes. Uh, Mike Lewis will be there. Bruce Fitzhugh, Chad, uh, Pearson, who's the one who put it all together, who has a 40th birthday coming uh, up. Love that dude. Uh, happy birthday, Chad. Let me be the first one to wish you that. I'm a little early. I think it's his 40th. Whatever, dude. 40. What amateur hour at 40. Going to be uh, 49 this year. I'm on the edge of greatness. <laughs> anyway, I'm looking forward to that. So now that my last class has ended, uh, and I've basically just been working, uh, if you uh, did not hear those episodes, I, uh, left my longtime job at the school of rock that where I worked for about about four years and I've taken a really strange job that, uh, um, sometimes we describe to people as, uh, ghostbusters, but for electricity. (laughs) So, uh, the short of it is that, uh, me and a partner drive around in a truck Uh, We're given a map and an area that we're assigned to for the evening, and uh, we're either in Queens or Brooklyn or Manhattan, uh, Yonkers. uh, I've been in uh, all the boroughs of Manhattan uh, here in New York City, which I live very close to. And uh, we drive around in this truck. It has some equipment on the back of it that uh, detects what's called stray voltage. And uh, the easiest, maybe most layman uh, term way to think about this is uh, over time power lines that are underground, especially in New York, uh, start to decay. uh, And then um, electricity from those lines, which is normally insulated, uh, starts to leak out. And then that electricity then in turn uh, electrifies different objects that are around it that are metal typically, although not always, um, such as manholes. Uh, In New York, a lot of the curbs have these metal uh, they call a metal curb. It's just like an a, a, like a elbowed piece of metal on the curb. Um, even fire hydrants can get electrified, signs, um, tree guards, these little metal things that go around trees. Um, yeah, so those things get electricity on them. And if there's enough of it, uh, it can be dangerous uh, and people die or get shocks. Most of the time it's just nuisance shocks. And um, the system that we're a part of allows uh, Con Edison to sort of um, – you know, uh, find problems in their system before they get to that point. Um, and that's kind of our job. We go around with this truck, there's a sensor inside with an audio alarm, and then as we're driving around, uh, that'll go off. And then we get out of the truck and we investigate uh in the area with some handheld equipment and um Yeah, so we walk around, go up and down the block, try to identify the source of, uh, we go to wherever the highest peak is of that, and we walk around and find the spot. And then once we've found it, then we use this additional probe where we have to use gloves and we do a ground and all this stuff. There's a whole procedure to it. And then um, once we identify a structure that has a problem, for example, streetlight, then we put uh, cones and and tape around it, secure the area, and then they send... uh, Uh, what's called a sitter to come and sit on the site until a con Edison or an electrician can come and fix a problem. So, um, it's interesting work, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's repetitive and, and you're kind of doing the same thing over and over and over again. Um, but as a person that loves New York city and as a night person, um, so far, it seems like a pretty good fit for me. I've been there about three months. Um, but, uh, you know, New York is a strange and hard, uh, city. And uh, as I mentioned in an earlier episode, on um, one of my early uh, shifts on this job, uh, we encountered an unconscious person in the roadway that was on an off ramp. Uh, you know, uh, I recently saw uh, a beating in East Harlem when we were out on the job where uh, I thought it was just uh, inner city gang people uh, giving a kid a beat down. Uh, but as we rounded the corner, I saw that it was actually an elderly Asian man. Uh, I can't really wrap my head around, uh, people that would beat up an old man. Uh, and, and he was like bleeding from his eye and he couldn't speak English and his arm, uh, he, they had broken his thumb or his hand or something. I don't know. It was horrible. Um, but we waited until we knew the uh, police were coming and then we uh, showed them where he was. And, and, uh, so it's not without, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, difficulties, um, you know, uh, sometimes there's funny things. Uh, there was, uh, uh, weirdly, uh, just east of central park. There was like a a guy camped out in an RV where he had uh AstroTurf and, uh, a briefcase sitting out and, uh, cones and a chair. It just seemed like he was staying there and, and they tow, anybody who knows anything about New York knows that they're tow happy. They're just Ticketing and towing and booting cars left and right, and I'm like, how is this guy able to like? He looks like he's permanently camped out here on this main street. Uh, it's like right by Park Avenue, right near Central Park, which is also kind of like a wealthier area. I mean, it's right on the edge of East Harlem, so it's like on the edge of like the good area. Um, but I just thought, like, how is this guy able to just camp out here in the city? It's so bizarre. Uh, so yeah, you see weird, funny things like that too. Uh, you know, people trying to have sex up on bodega, roll down doors and things. Um, uh, but some of them are, are pretty unsettling. And uh, last week I spent two nights in uh, in Brownsville, Brooklyn, uh, which if you just Google, um, I'll go ahead and, and just Google it for you. Brownsville, Brooklyn. Here's some of the top results on Google. Brownsville, inside one of Brooklyn's most dangerous neighborhoods. <laughs> Brownsville is here's from the New York Daily News. Brownsville is Brooklyn's worst neighborhood for children. Uh, Brooklyn, uh, Brownsville, Brooklyn is terrorized by gangs uh, on the brink in Brownsville. Uh, Would be robbers. This is from June this summer. uh, Would be robbers beat man with a broomstick in Brownsville. So. Yeah. So not a great area. <laughs> and uh, so this is the area that I worked uh, for 16 hours last week, two nights in a row, uh, Brownsville, Brooklyn, where I audibly heard gunshots uh, at several points uh, during the time there. Um, and then uh, we w- when we find a structure that's electrified, uh, it's called getting a hit. And so late in our shift, we got to hit basically dead center in the middle of the Brownsville projects at like 340 in the morning. (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. And uh, so it was on a streetlight and that streetlight was completely surrounded in every direction by about three to four feet high and 10 feet in every direction with uh, piles of garbage bags, which I came to discover was... The uh, the personal effects of someone that had either uh, passed away or been evicted, our guess is that they were evicted. Basically, it was just all of someone's human belongings out on the street in garbage bags uh, surrounding, completely surrounding this uh, uh, light pole that uh, we had to investigate. So we had to move all this uh, uh I hesitate to call it garbage, but all these belongings that were in garbage bags away from the pole and we had to cone it off and everything. And, and, uh, uh, sometimes this job is pretty interesting. <laughs> so I survived, uh, you know, we do a mileage count at the end of the night. So I, I, I drove over, uh, uh like 40, 40 something miles over two nights there in Brownsville. Very interesting. Uh, So on my Instagram, which is get at Billy Power, that's G-E-T-A-T, Billy Power. Uh, There's also Instagram for the show, Urban Achiever PC. But on my personal Instagram, I've been doing a hashtag of photos that I've been taking around New York City. uh, Hashtag NYC Dark Streets. That's hashtag NYC Dark Streets. Uh, So if you want to check that out. Uh, You can kind of see, I I try to take at least one photo a shift. I don't always have time. Yesterday uh, in Brooklyn, I was working in a different part of Brooklyn, kind of by the Brooklyn Bridge and the Manhattan Bridge. Uh, I saw these murals that just said yes on either side of this uh, tunnel. Uh, I took a couple of pictures of those. But if you check out NYC Dark Streets hashtag on Instagram, those are photos I've been taking on the job. And uh, there is also a photo on there actually of the briefcase uh, by the AstroTurf, by the RV guy that was camped out. So um, just consider that sort of an alternate uh, photographic, Uh, piece to go along with the show. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, another thing on this job that's interesting is it just feels like as I'm going from borough to borough and I'm always with a different partner and I'm always in a different location, uh, we do do these maps every month. So we are repeating some of the things and you kind of find yourself back in the same neighborhoods. But one thing I've discovered is in New York, it just feels like every day is garbage day. Uh, it just seems like no matter where we go, there's just piles of garbage and garbage trucks. And, you know, of course we're out at night. So we're out where they're, uh, uh, picking up the garbage and invariably for whatever reason, we just always seem to end up behind a garbage truck. And let me tell you, if you've never been behind it, you could have your eyes closed. If you've never been behind a New York city garbage truck, uh, you're definitely going to know when you are, if you got your window down, you're going to get a big old whiff of that. Uh, you're going to know you're behind the garbage truck. And uh one of my coworkers said that he was a garbage man for a while. And I said, I just can't imagine just the stench of the freaking dumpster juice and that thing uh, as you're riding on the back of that. And he he claims that, <laughs> that that the worst part of being a garbage man was not the smell on the back of the truck, which I just find totally unbelievable. Uh, But he said it was actually when it was cold, the wind chill of standing in the back truck was the real, the thing that pushed him over the edge and made him quit. uh, I don't don't know, man. I don't know if I believe that story. (laughs) She was being cold over inhaling uh, people's refuse uh, any day of the week. Speaking of garbage. (laughs) Oh, man. It's like, I I feel like I did the whole title of the show, uh, just to use that segue. Uh, speaking of garbage, uh, who told these white supremacists and Nazis that they could come out in public again? What a sad time we're living in. Uh, I consider myself a pacifist, but I must confess that current events have me questioning the limits of that view. I know, I know Jesus would like me to turn the other cheek and love my neighbor, uh, I love my enemy even. But unfortunately, though, my neighbor is a Nazi. And I feel like when push comes to shove and based on history, that I just it just might err on the side of punching a Nazi. (laughs) And I guess I don't. uh, I'm sorry I'm laughing. I know this is a serious subject. I guess I don't like the argument that if it's my impulse uh, to want to do that, that I'm the same as them. I really don't think it's the same. I don't want it to be the same. I can't stomach the idea that somebody whose difference of opinion, doing air quotes, is that all blacks, Jews, gays, and anybody not waspy enough uh, should be wiped off the face of the earth gets a pass because they just need love. I mean, sure, Nazis need love, too. But do they really? Is love the missing ingredient? Is it information? Was it a bad experience at a McDonald's drive through? I don't know. All I know is that this is a murky issue for me, because in terms of wrong and right, uh, I just don't think it's that confusing. This isn't like saying you prefer the Rolling Stones to the Beatles or that men should never wear cargo shorts. This isn't like the difference between a person who likes ketchup and mustard on a hamburger and somebody who prefers no condiments. It's just not. It's not like a difference of opinion. I believe that we were all created in the image of God. And according to the Human Genome Project, if you're not into the God thing, our DNA is 99.9% identical. We're all members of the same race, the human race. Uh, As I learned in my sociology class, race is basically a social construct anyway. Aside from the appearances which have... uh, Uh, you know, the differences of appearance between eyes and nose and skin color and all that kind of thing have really just come about between uh, because of evolution and human adaptation to your environment and that kind of thing. Um, We're basically the same. We're all members of the human race. We're all brothers and sisters. And personally, I don't want to tolerate the quote unquote free speech of people who deny the Holocaust happened or to think that uh, somehow they're the only ones entitled to inhabit the stolen landmass known as America uh, because of their skin color. This goes beyond Trump and white privilege and anything else. I don't understand how this is an issue for anybody. Uh, As I'm on Facebook and I'm reading some of these things that people are saying and I don't care and blah, blah, blah and whatever. It's like you you don't care. (laughs) You don't think it's they have a right to protest. And then, uh, you know, we we just can't allow movements like this to grow in our society. Uh, We have to oppose them at every corner. How is this an issue for anyone? They should be met with fierce opposition. And should that opposition come in the form of a hug and a chat over coffee? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Richard Spencer seems pretty smug to me. Uh, In my gut, it just doesn't feel right. In these troubling times with so much division and almost everybody seems to agree uh, that it was a good thing we defeated Hitler. I mean, I thought that was something we all agreed on, right? I mean, I can't even wrap my head around somebody who is Zig Heiling. In 2017, I mean, what an insult to the memory of the soldiers who gave their lives to crush Nazi Germany and free the death camps. If you're one of those people who says that Antifa or counter protesters are just as bad, I have to say, I'm sorry, but you need to go back and read history again. Bad things happen when people are silent. And just because you're not in the group that they're coming for this time doesn't mean that your group might be next. This goes back to that thing I talk about on this show time and time again, that we don't have any empathy, that we don't put ourselves in other people's shoes, that we don't understand what it feels like to be them. Just because it's not you doesn't mean that it couldn't be you. Many leading Republicans spoke out against the president because he did not make a strong enough statement against the Nazis. That's how wrong this is. I just feel like we've really lost our, I mean, just think, think about in this time of partisanship. That when people like Ted Cruz are just speaking directly out against the president because he's not making a strong enough statement against Nazis. I mean, it's obvious. I feel like we've really lost our moral compass when we can't see how obvious it is that when the time comes and when our basic values as a people are under threat, that we have to band together in whatever way that looks like to defeat this sick ideology. It's sick. One chooses war and one chooses pacifism. And in in the end, I think it comes down to the heart and the motivation. Uh, I always think about the movie with Robert De Niro, The Mission, uh, which I watched in high school and had such an effect on me where there's these priests that are living in the jungle. And uh, I believe it's in Spain. I'm not hundred percent, but the basic idea is that, uh, one person chooses the path of violence and one chooses the path of, uh, you know, love and, and resistance. And, and in the end, they sort of meet the same fate. Uh, for me, if I see somebody being beaten in the street, uh, I'm not the kind of person who's going to pass by or make excuses. I've spent a huge part of my life believing that violence only brings more violence and that nonviolent resistance is the way to go. And I still believe that, definitely. It's definitely the preferred way to go. Uh, We're supposed to love our enemies. Doesn't love sometimes mean correction and discipline? I mean, like if you're a parent or a good friend. I guess at the end of the day, I just feel like if you're a person who's going to mow down innocent people with your car because you were filled with that much hate, maybe, maybe a punch in the face is the medicine you need. I saw a while back there was this guy named uh, Matt Buck with a sousaphone. A lot of people called it a tuba, but it was a sousaphone. Uh, He would follow KKK marchers around, and anytime they would try to chant or do anything, he would just blare his instrument. Uh, You can see videos of it on YouTube. He would play funny music to mock them as an absurd soundtrack to their marching. And maybe, maybe that's a solution. Maybe we need to get creative. I don't know. But we need to resist these people no matter what. Please, for the love of sanity, let's all agree that these neo-Nazis and Klansmen are anti-human and anti-American. They don't get a pass cloaked in the veil of free speech or whatever. When they speak out or they march, they absolutely must be met with resistance. If it's loving nonviolent resistance, fine. Uh, But silence and excuse-making is only going to empower them. And we've already been down this road And we know how it ends. So I just know it's time to take out the garbage, and every day is garbage day. All right, that's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your support. I appreciate those of you that uh, have reached out to me uh, in these gaps between shows and let me know that you missed the show. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm going to try to get back on track here uh, and at least do something once a week. Um, try to schedule some interviews. Uh, life is busy, man. And, uh, you know it's a lot going on. So, uh, but yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, as always, I welcome your feedback on, and your thoughts on anything that I've said. You can email me anytime at Billy at UrbanAchievershow.com. You can follow the show, uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and all that jazz at urban achiever PC. That's PC for podcast. And, uh, I'd like to thank Ethan Luck, as always, for providing the awesome uh, show theme, uh, opening and closing music, and uh, what else, what else, what else, what else? I'm just, I'm just excited to go to Georgia, man, and, uh, and uh, you know, hang out with some seriously great people, some of the best people that I know, and uh, I'm sure we'll have some talks about this and other topics and things that are going on, um, but I'm feeling good, man. I, one thing I didn't mention in the show, I have been running, in addition to my cutting out dairy been running like three miles, uh, about five days a week. I'm feeling good, man. I, uh, I made it through the dark period and, uh, made it through my summer classes and, uh, have nice having these weekends off, getting to do some stuff and, uh, I'm appreciating it. So thank you for your support. And, uh, until next time, keep up the good work. I'm proud of you. And this is what stupid looks like. Let me get my camera. Stupid is as stupid does.